With his unique perspective on the medical legal system, here's Victor Cotton. Welcome to the Law and Medicine Podcast. Today's topic is the most troubling medical legal issue I've ever discussed, and it's not even close. This issue goes beyond the doctor and beyond the patient to the heart of what it means to be an American, and whether this old-fashioned concept known as the freedom of speech still exists. The right to freely voice our opinions without fear of government reprisal is the birthright of every American, and it's been protected by the First Amendment for more than 200 years. But unfortunately, the Federation of State Medical Boards recently decided to take it from us. To help you better understand what these people have done, I'll start with a simple example. And it involves a local citizen, just a regular guy in the community, who makes a video. And in this video, he presents data showing that the government is wasting tax dollars. Now, the folks in government probably aren't going to like this video. So the question is whether they can punish this guy for making it. Can they find him or arrest him because of what he said in his video? And the answer is absolutely not. Freedom of speech gives him the right to criticize the government, and the First Amendment protects him from retaliation. In fact, this is the essence of free speech, the right to disagree with government officials and the right to criticize governmental authority. Now, with that as our foundation, let's change the hypothetical a little, and let's suppose that you, as a physician, also make a video. And your video follows the exact same format. You present data, and you criticize what the government is doing. However, instead of talking about tax dollars, you talk about COVID. And you make an argument that the government, the CDC, and the NIH are wrong about vaccines. Now, although these two videos follow the same format, your video is undoubtedly more impactful because you're a physician. Your words are more powerful and people are more likely to listen to you. And as a result, your video could undermine vaccine efforts, potentially increasing the risk to the public, and your words could cost lives. So given this increased risk, is your video also protected by the First Amendment, or can the government fine you, arrest you, or punish you based on what you said? According to the Federation of State Medical Boards, you can be punished, and that punishment can include the loss of your medical license. In July, the Federation of State Medical Boards released the following statement. And as an aside, the fact that they call themselves a federation has to make you a little uneasy. But here's what they said, and I quote, Physicians who generate and spread COVID vaccine misinformation or disinformation are risking disciplinary action by the state medical boards, including the suspension or revocation of their medical license. 
Due to their specialized knowledge and training, physicians have a powerful platform in society. They also have an ethical and professional responsibility to share information that is factual, scientifically grounded, and consensus-driven for the betterment of public health. Spreading inaccurate COVID vaccine information contradicts this responsibility and puts all patients at risk. So that's what they said. And it's worth noting that they're not just dictating what you can say to a patient in the exam room. They're dictating what you can say to anyone, anywhere. It doesn't matter if you say it in the exam room, on the internet, at a rally, in a newspaper, or in a video. It's all under their control, and they'll take your license if your words do not meet these three criteria. And all three are required. Your words have to be factual, they have to be scientifically grounded, and they have to be consensus-driven. So if your words are merely factual, if what you say is the truth, that would meet only one of the three criteria and you could therefore lose your medical license. And this, of course, is a dead giveaway because the only people who punish the truth are liars. But even if your statement is both truthful and scientifically grounded, that is still not enough. In order to protect your license, your statement must also be consensus-driven. And from a practical perspective, what they're saying here is that you're allowed to repeat consensus, but you are not permitted to challenge consensus, even if what you say is truthful and scientifically grounded. Now, putting aside the legal analysis for a moment, it's worth noting that what they're requiring here isn't even consistent with science. Science doesn't repeat consensus. Science doesn't even respect consensus. Science challenges consensus. So what they're requiring here is completely unscientific. And who is consensus anyway? The CDC? Tony Fauci? And if I challenge their position on COVID, I could lose my license? What country do these people think they're in? Which brings me to the First Amendment and the right to the freedom of speech. A few minutes ago, I gave an example of a guy who made a video about government waste, and I explained that the First Amendment clearly protects an ordinary person's right to disagree with the government. But does it also protect a professional's right to disagree? The legal issue here is something known as professional speech. When a professional, a physician, speaks about a topic that is within his area of expertise, such as the COVID vaccine, it is referred to as professional speech. And the extent to which the First Amendment protects professional speech has been debated. However, just three years ago, the United States Supreme Court ended the debate and provided us with a definitive answer. The case was titled National Institute of Family and Life Advocates v. Beshara, and it involved a situation where the state of California was trying to control what doctors said about abortion. 
And the state of California took the position that what doctors said about abortion was a form of professional speech, which it is. That professional speech was not fully protected by the First Amendment and that the state of California could therefore control what these doctors said. So the issue there was identical to the issue here. Can the government, be it the state of California or the State Board of Medicine, control what physicians say? And can they punish us for disobeying? Or is professional speech protected by the First Amendment in the same manner as ordinary speech? Here's how the United States Supreme Court answered that question. And I quote, This court, meaning the Supreme Court, has never recognized professional speech as a separate category of speech. Speech is not unprotected merely because it is uttered by professionals. In simple terms, it doesn't matter whether the words are spoken by a professional who has great influence or a non-professional who has no influence. Those words are protected by the First Amendment, and the government therefore cannot punish the person who speaks them. That is the essence of the First Amendment. The court then went on to explain why protecting the free speech of physicians is so very important. And this is really powerful. Regulating the content of physician speech poses the inherent risk that the government seeks not to advance a legitimate regulatory goal, but to suppress unpopular ideas or information. Throughout history, Governments have manipulated the content of doctor-patient discourse to increase state power. For example, during the Cultural Revolution, Chinese physicians were dispatched to the countryside to convince peasants to use contraception. In the 1930s, the Soviet government expedited completion of the Siberian Railway by ordering doctors to reject requests for medical leave. And in Nazi Germany, the Third Reich systematically violated the separation between state ideology and medical discourse. German physicians were taught that they owed a higher duty to the health of the Reich than to the health of the patient. The court continued, Professionals might have a host of good-faith disagreements, both with each other and with the government, on many topics in their respective fields. And the best test of truth is the power of the thought to get itself accepted in the competition of the market. And the people lose when the government is the one deciding which ideas should prevail. So that's how the Supreme Court views governmental restrictions on physician speech. The court compared it to something out of the Third Reich, and the Federation of State Medical Boards did it anyway. Or maybe that's why they did it. Let me be very clear on this. The state medical board's position that they can control what you say 
and that they'll take your license if you disagree with them is not only straight out of Nazi Germany, it flies in the face of the Supreme Court's opinion on this exact issue and it is a blatant violation of your right to the freedom of speech. They have no power to restrict what you say about masks or vaccines or lockdowns. They threaten us for allegedly spreading COVID misinformation while they deliberately ignore the rule of law. And don't tell me that they don't know what the Supreme Court said. They have a team of lawyers advising them. They don't care what the Supreme Court said. This is an unconstitutional attempt to silence you and a direct assault on our form of government. These physicians are using the power of the state to silence debate, which is the definition of tyranny. Now, you might be thinking, but we have to stop the pandemic and they're just trying to save lives. Even if we assume that's true, it doesn't change the legal analysis one bit. The First Amendment states that the government shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. The government shall make no law. And it doesn't list any exceptions for a pandemic. On the contrary, the First Amendment was designed for a pandemic because the Founding Fathers knew that in times of crisis, tyrants like these would attempt to seize power and silence opposition. So this idea that the medical boards are permitted to crush dissent simply because there's a pandemic requires a complete ignorance of the First Amendment and a foolish naivete to the atrocities of the 20th century. But sadly, there are physicians among us who possess both of those characteristics, and they recently wrote an opinion piece in the Washington Post. The article, written by five physicians whose names are not worth mentioning, stated that the pandemic is being prolonged by an infodemic. And this infodemic is driven by a small number of unethical disinformation doctors who have been working to undermine mask wearing and lockdowns, spread anti-vaccine conspiracy theories, and promote phony COVID cures. The article goes on to say that frontline physicians are powerless to restrain these disinformation physicians, and the authors therefore urged the state medical boards to immediately revoke the guilty physician's licenses. The article then closes by saying, This is not a step we ever thought we would have to take, but we feel we have no other choice. Which is the same justification that every tyrant always uses. They have no other choice. Well, what about presenting evidence to disprove what these unethical physicians are saying? What about engaging in open discourse and scholarly debate? What about examining the data in a public forum? That's the scientific approach. And if these renegade physicians are indeed dead wrong and completely unethical, they'll fold under scientific scrutiny and be marginalized as quacks. But according to these five physicians, scholarly debate isn't possible here. And the only option is to have the government crush dissent. And I'll tell you, it doesn't matter who's right about COVID. 
any physician who calls on the government to silence debate forever forfeits their credentials as a scientist. And this is going to sound old-fashioned. Most of the things I say sound old-fashioned. But I was trained on the idea that science is about finding the truth wherever it may lie. And seeing our profession pulled away from that ideal is deeply troubling. And frankly, it's much more dangerous than the spreading of COVID disinformation. So what's the solution? Well, these five physicians should be ignored. That's easy. But the state medical boards are much more problematic because they're forcing us to make a choice between our medical license and our freedom of speech. A paradox whose very existence reveals that we're no longer a free people. And unfortunately, what's occurring here is part of a much broader assault on our civil liberties. Yes, the Supreme Court still recognizes the First Amendment, but a large swath of government doesn't, including these state medical boards. And they're so emboldened that they openly threaten to take our licenses if we exercise our First Amendment rights. And... As shocking as that is, it's also very familiar. In the former Soviet Union, the citizens had more constitutional rights than the citizens of the United States. The Soviet Constitution gave their people more rights than our Constitution gave us. Now, of course, no citizen in the Soviet Union would dare exercise any of those rights or they'd never be heard from again. And that's how the folks at the Federation now view the United States Constitution. We're becoming a communist country. And I don't know how long it'll take us to get there, but in the interim, there is a federal law, 42 U.S.C. 1983, which states that government officials who violate established constitutional rights can be held personally liable for doing so. Government officials, such as the physicians who sit on the state medical board, who violate established constitutional rights, such as the First Amendment, can be held personally liable for doing so, meaning that they can be sued and they can lose their personal assets. The end result is that the physicians who sit on these state medical boards and scoff at the First Amendment are putting their personal assets at risk. And I believe that once a few of them have their houses put in jeopardy, the rest of them may start to view the First Amendment a little differently. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Victor Cotton, physician, attorney, and founder of Law & Medicine. If you'd like to learn more about us or support our efforts, we invite you to visit our website at lawandmed.com. We offer a variety of online educational courses for which you can earn Category 1 CME credit. Many of our courses can be used to meet your malpractice insurance company's requirements for a policy discount. And if you receive a CME allowance from your employer, we can provide you with a receipt which can be used to obtain reimbursement. This has been a production of Law & Medicine, Hershey, Pennsylvania. All rights are reserved.